SportsZilla Show starts now. I was on my way in here to cancel your show, but the banter you did with that guy. Well, as we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. Make him part of the show. You get that kid in here. We need more laughs on the show. My boss ordered me to bring you on. All right, this is my show, and it's a serious intellectual hour of discussion. Hey, what's up? Where'd you go to college? Syracuse? No sports, no rock, no information for mindless chatter. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. I'm feeling love today because we're all wearing red. I don't think that I have any beef whatsoever with hashtag Greenberg, Seth Goldberg. I don't think he jumped on my lead with the Syracuse Sports Center today. Scoop, the glue guy, Rain, undistinguished, undistinguished gentleman, and clearly unable to enunciate. As we get started here today, in the midst of a snowstorm that's uh, covering Central New York in white powder, I'm wearing a scarf today, got my red on, doing it for our friend Mimi Griswold. That's the first person that comes to mind, but all of the wonderful ladies out there, those beautiful women uh, battling heart issues and things like that, it is the day to wear red for women. It is Go Red for Women Day, so I thought we had to start right there and recognize you can see us. I mean, we are very red even though we talk about the orange quite a bit, if you want to look on the Twitch cameras, twitch.tv slash talk, Bright red, too, by the way. Bright red. You're looking good in red, Scoop. Yeah, we got SU hoops tomorrow. Uh, Wake Forest coming to town. Demon Deacons, 10 and 12, got a 3 and 9 record against ACC opponents, 15th in the ACC standings, 1 and 5 away from home. You would think those stats favor our orange yeah it seems like uh, that makes uh, the outcome of the game lean in our favor lean in our direction but that's on paper you got to get out there and do it you know what i, I mean the weather's kind of crappy down or kind of crappy here as compared to down there maybe that'll affect them who knows i suppose it'll warm up in the dome you know and there's teams college teams pro teams like seth just mentioned the crunch rolling to rochester well how the heck are they going to do that yeah, no faster than forty-five mile an hour. Apparently, I'm hoping that they they kind of planned for the weather and maybe they went early. Yeah, it, me, was, it wasn't yeah. terrible really early this morning. Like I think you could have gotten that drive taken care of then, but they had to go really early because it's crazy. Onondaga County nine one one received more than two hundred, more than two hundred vehicle related calls between seven a.m. and noon today as the snowstorm hit the area. That's a lot. Very busy for those uh, men and women involved in emergency response. Yeah, you're, you're the heroes today. The plow guys are the heroes today. Anybody that's working in any form of snow removal, I mean, all you're seeing on the roads, if it's not the plow guys and the plow trucks, depending on what municipality or you're in or statewide uh, that are maybe coming in to help or countywide, it's the guys that own the pickups that have the plows that are out there doing that. It's those in the little the little tractor kind of things. What do you call those? Tractor. Okay, we'll call it a tractor. <laughs> Smaller versions. <laughs> I've never driven one, clearly. Oh, but, but you're seeing them everywhere. I mean, they're, they're driving down the sidewalks by the building right now. Your, I, your skid steer loaders and all that stuff. Yeah, you know that, I mean. that kind of stuff. But shout out to those guys. I thought you were going to shout us out for being here. Yeah, but what they're doing is, I mean, <laughs> if they didn't do what they, they did, we wouldn't able... I 
took me, let's see, a 12-minute drive took me about 45 minutes. My road was terrible. It took me, I think half of it was getting off my road. And I live like halfway down the block. It's a side street type of thing. You know how it is on the side streets. They get the main roads done first. But if they didn't do what they did, I wouldn't have been able to get here. I, I saw some poor guy out in front of this uh, hotel, and he's snow blowing the sidewalk. Obviously, the folks at the hotel told him to go, hey, you know, snow blow the sidewalk. Well, it's dumping snow. Yeah. It's just, it's crushing us. And I'm thinking, this poor guy's going to have to come back out and do this again in two hours. <laughs> yeah, everything he's worked on is covered up now. And he's going to have to go get gas for the snow blower. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible, too. It would take him less time to just walk up the road and get it and walk back than it would to be to clear off a vehicle, drive there, do that, come back, and everything else. By the time he gets from one end to the, of the front of the hotel, coming down the sidewalk, it's all going to be snowed back in behind him. He's going to turn around and go, why did I even bother? And, you know, the 18-wheelers are having a heck of a time with this today because they, they get on some ramp and can't get up or down it. or Even on city streets, they can get stuck. We're grateful to those removing snow today. We are grateful for the ladies on a day to wear red. Go red for women day. Yeah. Wear red day. It's National Wear Red Friday. What's your favorite? Red. I like red. Yeah, today it's National Wear Red Day. All the cheesy pop culture mentioning red because... Was that your handiwork? No, I found no, okay. that online. Chevelle the Red. Chevelle the Red. I found that online, and I'm going with it. Okay, but I'll take credit if you want. The Red uh, ro- the red Rocker. I was going to give you a compliment, but now, eh. Red Lobster? There you go. <laughs> red Lobster. Something. Uh, red. It's all about the red. Have you seen the little baby that was dressed up as Andy Reid and their dogs, like a little pug or something, a little bulldog, who they put a wig on? And they're, they're both in Chiefs gear. There's a fake mustache and glasses and a Kansas City hat. And it's a cute little chubby baby. I have not seen it. It's that. like little mini baby Andy Reid. Andy Reid and little, little, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, it's hilarious. It's genius though. <laughs> like somebody did it with their kid and their dog and it's been making the rounds. NFL memes had it. I, I shared it somewhere on social media, but it's, it's just hilarious and it's genius and it kind of takes the edge off a stressful day like this. I mean, the kids are out of school. You're getting delays at work. It's a pain in the butt to exist. So we're just kind of grateful to be here and get through all of this and appreciate mm. these women. And we're keeping the plow guys company. And it made me laugh. It beats the alternative, you know. Yeah. It, I know it might be a pain in the you know what to exist today, but it beats the alternative being six foot under and being dead and cold. <laughs> So you got Scoop, you got Rain, you got the glue guy, Matt, in studio on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Once again, Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. If you're not going anywhere and you want to see, we're wearing red to represent for the ladies. So let's start there. Talk some sports to get those that are maybe slow going in your vehicle. Brianna Stewart is a lady I wanted to bring up. I thought it's fantastic to see that she's getting back at it toward the Achilles. Been about nine months away from basketball. There's a nice article out there by Matt Gutierrez, who writes for The Athletic and covers Syracuse sports, but and, and Syracuse football and basketball primarily, but anything Syracuse-related for The Athletic. And he did a nice piece on her. I know that you read it. I gave it to you, Scoop. It was nice to just see and hear about kind of what she was going through and how she got through the rehab of that. 
I mean, Syracuse, Central New York girl who's gone on, arguably one of the best basketball players, female basketball players on the planet. You know what? Probably just one of the best basketball players. The distinction that she's a female doesn't even matter. She's phenomenal. Six foot four, spending time on the beach, rehabbing, rediscovering who she is as a person, facing that challenge in life to return at 25 years old from a devastating injury and hoping to get right back, if not exceed where she was before, which I think is ultimately what her goal is. It's inspiring to read stuff like this and, and, and kind of follow that journey that she had. Well, I also think it's illuminating because I think a lot of us don't realize uh, what these athletes go through sometimes. We think, oh, they're rich, they've got everything they want, they're fantastically talented. But you read this piece and you feel the depths, you empathize with her as she is just trying to figure out why did this happen to me? You know, she's on top of her game playing the best she ever has in her life. Suddenly she's in a cast. Yeah. Suddenly she's looking at her leg and she, and she can't even walk and begins to realize, wow, you know, I just took a simple thing like that, walking for granted. Then she went and went on to talk about how she couldn't drive a car. She couldn't go anywhere. She couldn't jump in her car and go somewhere. The Achilles injury is what retired Shaq. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Or he might have played another year or two. Yeah, and he didn't Cle- want to go through the rehab. And the Cleveland Cavaliers might have another world championship if he was able to play. And don't think for two seconds that Kevin uh, Kevin Durant's just going to roll right back on there, even though he's rehabbed and healthy in theory. To put yourself through the pace of an NBA game and then multiple NBA games. There's going to be a little rust to shake off. The rest of the skills are going to be there, but those legs got to be underneath you. Well, especially considering he's going to have to carry Kyrie Irving. <laughs> you know, that's funny because it's true, I think, is the old saying. But I once uh, just this one thing popped out to me when reading this, and that one thing is a lot of things, and that would be just some of the accomplishments I mean, think about how devastating it is to have this run of success by the time you're 24 years old, okay? So here's just one little paragraph that Matt Gutierrez wrote about Brianna Stewart. Six foot four, seven foot wingspan, achieved so much already. She's collected four national titles at Connecticut from 2012 to 2016. That includes four Final Four MVP awards. In 2016, she was the WNBA Rookie of the Year won an Olympic gold medal. She's a WNBA MVP and two-time All-Star, all by the age of 24. Everybody in the league respects her. She's elite in many ways. She shoots, stretches the floor, handles the ball, drives, dunks, posts up, and defends. I'd also like to, before I finish my thought, point out that back in 2017, in October, she wrote an article in the Players' Tribune She's very socially active because she suffered from she suffered sexual abuse as a child. And to be able to confront that in a public way personally and then excel the way she did as an athlete, combine those two things. Bang, you're 24 years old and it all just stops with a devastating injury. I mean, she is an inspiration, not just to those of us in central New York, but And not just to other women, but I think to anybody, any athlete, anybody that's had tough times and has to persevere, it's a lot to go through. Well, she's afraid in that moment when she's got that cast. She's afraid she'll never be the same again, that she might not make it all the way back. 
And how do you sit in those moments and be comfortable? How do you make peace with yourself and the world when you're dealing with that? Well, Kobe Bryant reaches out to her. She gets the same doctor as, as Kobe had. A lot of people try to give her support. And now she is back, and she talks about how that was the first part of the journey. It's getting back, being able to play again, but now she wants to dominate. She wants to get back to that level of play and supersede that level of play that she was at before the injury. So that is the next challenge. That's the next step of this journey for Rihanna. And I just thought the article beautifully illustrated how this is a journey and the pitfalls and the difficulties along the way. And I think it's very easy for fans to just sort of gloss over that stuff and not realize that, Hey, they have very human moments of self doubt. Can I do this? Can I come back? Well, she's back and she's playing pretty good. And I know she wants to play even better than she is. She will. She will. She'll get back exactly where she wants to be, which as you said, is beyond where she was, which is pretty remarkable if you actually look at it. I'm sorry, I got so hyped talking about Brianna Stewart. I wanted to talk a little bit about SU football. Maybe we'll sneak that in before we're done at 4 o'clock here on the SportsZilla Show. We'll take our first break in the midst of a snowstorm on Go Red for Women Day. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Lane and Scoop. Tomorrow night, it is the Verdict Lexus and Verdict BMW Basketball post game. Seth Everett and Eric Devendorf recapping the SU Wake Forest game. They'll take your calls, and you'll get to hear Coach Beheim's post game press conference tomorrow night. Wow, Scoop. I, uh, I've, I want to talk about Major League Baseball, specifically the load of crap that came out of the mouth of AJ Hinch when speaking with Tom Verducci. But can we just pause that for two minutes? Because Mike McAllister, two four seven sports, he's on with action time to time. He's he's on. He's kind of jumps in with everybody here on ESPN Radio. Uh, but a good buddy of ours, we love to have him on the Sports Illustrated Show. Great piece on the new hires with Syracuse shows that they're not only serious about football, but about recruiting. That's been really a focus. It's been a, a roller coaster to finally settle on the new. Defensive coordinator Tony White from Arizona State, of course, with Herm Edwards the past couple years, but got the new offensive coordinator that's Sterling Gilbert uh, and Chip West, their new cornerbacks coach. Another guy over 20 years of experience, uh, uh, known to be a great recruiter. All three guys are great recruiters. Something Dino is clearly focused on. Some proven coaches on the field, but we got to get the guys here, and we got to take them from some of the other big schools, and we got to. Just keep building that base of talent for Syracuse football. So if you're a fan of the Qs and the football team specifically, which aren't we all, it's a great read. Also, Jeff LePac returning to SU football, who was with the Orange, mm-hmm. uh, but was coaching wide receivers at McNeese State last year. So he returns. Nice to see uh, Dino just keep building this program. You know what? You can't be afraid of change. You've got to tweak things when something's not working. It wasn't broke, so everything was good. And then suddenly we learned after a five and sec- seven record, we needed to make some changes. So Dino did it. Dino did a great job. They vetted some of the best talent across the country. And, and even, even more important, they got them here. Not just 
recruiting the players. They got the guys here to recruit those players. And they got some good ones. So very positive sign moving forward, Syracuse. you got to think that offensive line is going to be at least to some degree better next year. It's got to be. Yeah. Or else it'll be a long season again. And these guys that they've got are are now seasoned after a year. Certainly they don't want a lot of that stuff to continue that happened the first year. So I think you'll see some improvement on that side of the ball for sure. Up next for us here on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1 Scoop. Major League Baseball is just about back. Five days or so we'll have pitchers and catchers start to re- to report. Have you seen an update? I keep hearing that the Mookie Betts-David Price trade is on hold. There's a few issues as far as you know, prospects and stuff like that. I was going to attempt to uh, pronounce his name yesterday. I'm not even going to do that. I thought it was because of a physical. That's what I was reading. But but doesn't that mean there's like a moving part somewhere in, in, in complete agreement on this trade? Something's holding it up. And a lot of people are speculating. Even our good buddy Seth Goldberg were like, man, this is a perfect opportunity for the Boston Red Sox to go, yeah, maybe we'll just pull back and not actually officially go through with this trade. I think they're ultimately going to somehow. They'll come to an agreement. But I'm going to dig a little bit deeper on that in their next commercial break and see if I can get to the bottom of it. I've been trying to pay attention to it, but, of course, get everything else ready for us to go. And one of those things that I got ready was Tom Verducci interviewed A.J. Hinch. It was his first interview or public comments, really, since the cheating scandal and the lack of remorse that the players are really, in my opinion, and we've read some stuff and talked about this, that they have expressed and shown for what they did. They're cheaters. It's the whole organization is showing a complete lack of remorse. They are not apologizing. Hank Aaron even came out and put out an official statement and said anybody that does what they did, and is including what the Red Sox did also, by the way, um, I know you've got your big trade distracting from the fact that you were cheaters too, but he said anybody that's stealing signs by these types of means out of baseball. It's it's crap. It's garbage. Go ahead. Well, yeah, and look, we talked maybe a couple of weeks ago that whole Altuve home run that won the game and he's the jersey thing and how he's putting his fingers to his lips and he's grabbing the scruff of the, the neck of his jersey and just like, my wife doesn't want anybody to see my body. Does, does that sound like the biggest bunch of hooey you ever heard now? I mean, and we're hearing nothing. We're hearing no apologies. The ownership, Jim Crane, talks about it being a, another speed bump. You know, they're not saying they did anything wrong. He even says, oh, it doesn't tarnish our World Series championship in any way. Look, the commissioner's office really needs to come down on this a little harder, especially in the wake of the penalties that were handed down and the subsequent complete and total lack of remorse or an apology from this organization. Side note, Chris Young, I believe, is is the uh, took over the disciplinary action of Major League Baseball. Joe Torre has stepped aside, and Chris Young has that job now. So let's see if he gets in place and something's going to come through. Maybe that's the first major action or disciplinary action that he undertakes. Jeez, could you imagine walking into that job? Oof. With this crap <laughs> yeah. sitting on the table? Oh, boy. Let me read you a quote from owner Jim Crane. And then I'm going to share you A.J. Hinch's bullcrap words. Go ahead. From not too long ago. Quote, there's nothing that's clear to suggest it affected 
the outcome. Baloney. I could use stronger language, but I won't wear on the radio. Um, There's nothing that you got caught actually doing explicitly? Really? Really? I feel like they have uh, talking points. Anybody involved with a team where they're just, they're not going to own it, they're not going to say anything, and they're not going to say, I'm sorry, because ultimately, is Major League Baseball going to take that World Series championship away from them? No, probably not. So you're talking about talking points. Do you know who gave them those talking points? Tell me. Bilicek. Oh, stop. Why does everything have to come back to the Patriots with you? Look, what does Bilicek ever do? What is ba- what oh, is- we're on to the next thing. What, what does we're Bilicek to have thing. to do with the Houston Astros? Well, Cheating. Uh, cheating and <laughs> scandals. <laughs> I was just trying to make sure that you admitted it. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly, of course. So what you're saying is the blueprint, if you get caught in a cheating scandal, is to follow the Belichickian yes. mode? Yes. Luke, <laughs> <laughs> you're the man. But it's kind of, okay, we could do this in Belichick's voice, or we could just hear A.J. Hinch feed this line of crap to Tom Verducci. Listen to this. A.J., I'm going to ask you a question that every fan, I think, has asked since this story broke. It's more difficult for you because it's way more meaningful. The Astros won the World Series in 2017. Based on what we know now, what we know from the commissioner's investigation, is that championship tainted? It's a fair question, and and I think everyone's going to have to draw their own conclusion. I hope over time and 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 the demonstration with the talents of of this team, the players, the the careers that are that are being had, we have some of the best players in the entire sport all together on the same team. I hope over time it's proven that it wasn't, but I understand the question. It's a fair question, and people are going to have to draw their own conclusions. Unfortunately, we opened that door as a group and and that question i may never be answered we may never know um and we're going to have to to live and move forward and be 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 better better in the sport unfortunately no one can really answer that question i I can't pinpoint what advantages or what 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 happened or what exactly would have happened otherwise but we did it to ourselves it's A.J. Hinch responding to the Astros cheating scandal to Tom Verducci. As you're listening to the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Before you comment, Scoop, I just want you to know that piece of that interview that I just shared with you is a minute and 13 seconds long. I cut out 10 seconds of his ums in between answers or sentences as he was basically on the fly, live in the moment, trying to recreate the next line of crap that he was going to spew to Tom Verducci. That is nonsense upon nonsense. Word salad, basically saying nothing and not owning what you did. He didn't. I mean, he sort of did at the end, but he really didn't. Well, he says at the end of it, we did it to ourselves, but only after dancing for that minute and 13 seconds, well, will it be proven? I don't know. I don't think it will be. And and add to that the fact that when owner Jim Crane was asked that very same question, if the World Series championship was tainted, he said, quote, I think absolutely not. I think we've had a very good team for a number of years before. We were turning the corner. I don't think it taints it. These guys are living in... A complete world of denial. And they need to be punished because it, it has not, it's not even stung them. It stung AJ a little bit. It's not stinging Jim Crane. 
It's not stinging the players that are still on this team that have avoided any sort of repercussions for cheating. Maybe maybe they keep that championship, okay? But there's got to be a suspension uh, of six months or a year or uh, some such. There's got to be an example made so that it doesn't happen again. As the glue guy said, they Belichick that thing. They're moving on to the next thing, and we do have to move on to a break in in about a minute. But the Yankees and the Twins have moved past this, right? And there's another nice little uh, tidbit that we were reading about kind of what to expect this year. And it seems like the Red Sox, who also cheated, and maybe the Indians haven't learned from past mistakes, and yet the Twins and the Yankees have because they've supplemented their teams that were already really good last year. And maybe the Red Sox and the Indians, it's your team and you had some concerns you expressed yesterday, maybe they haven't done that and accentuated or added to their lineups quite enough. Well, first off, there's a considerable difference, I think, with the revenue stream available to the Indians as opposed to the Boston Red Sox. Or the Yankees, fair enough. Um, But that said, um, that situation with the Indians is probably not all, all that far removed from what the Twins are dealing with. Now... It's been sort of uh, the mantra coming out of uh, the press and folks close to the Cleveland Indians that they're not going to spend a whole lot of money, that they're not looking to to drop a lot of cash. You know, and, and reading that article, it almost sounds like, you know, the Francisco Lindor thing isn't entirely done. You know, I think they got to keep him because he's such a fan favorite. Yeah, but, you've got to have somebody on that roster that fans want to come to the ballpark to see. But, look, I think also they think they've got Tito. And, like I mentioned yesterday... And they pilfer a lot. Other organizations pilfer a lot of their front office. Specifically, they're very good at the analytics game. They really are. I don't think they get enough credit. Go ahead. But they've got Tito, and Tito, one of his strengths is getting the most out of what he's got. Yeah. And, really, getting the combination the sum of the parts to add up to more than than really what the individual pieces add up to be so that's i think what they're banking on the twins were really good last year can the indians keep up with that maybe a little bit but i I, really truly the twins have to be the favorite in the division even still i couldn't agree with you more my man so mike trout every year goes back to his high school Instead of going back there to have his number retired and honored, he actually goes back and he hands out his former number, that jersey, to the captain of each year's team. Never heard that done before. I kind of like what Mike Trout's cool. doing there. I like that. Yeah. thought you should uh, just kind of know about that. One more reason to kind of like Mike Trout, aside from the fact he's the best player in the game. Let's take a quick break. ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1 Sports Illustrated Show. Coming back, there's some stuff happening in the NBA, and you should know about it. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. So it looks like the New York Knicks are back. <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> I know. I think they're 5-5 five five in their last 10, though. They, they, they kind of, they, they like, they were good for a little while when Mike Miller took over, and then... So really- he lit a spark. Really crap again, but then they kind of been playing good again lately, sort of. Like, they've won a handful of games. So when you say back, what do you mean? 
Like I was completely they're, they're, they're on the court. You ever see the, the the Geico commercials with Pinocchio and the nose grows there? Yeah, yeah. That that would be me if I was Pinocchio because I I know that's a load of nonsense. They're not really back. They did make a trade. I, I I'm I am I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm bummed they got rid of Marcus Morris because he was one of the few players I didn't mind watching play with the Knicks. Keep not in your head. He's he's bemused. Scoop is bemused. I know my Knicks. I know. Suck. I know. You're sorry to see him go. He's probably happy to go. Oh yeah. Well, no. He wanted to play for the Knicks. This is his. then. Now he's probably happy to get the hell out of there. But no, he signed like the one year deal, and he was he was cool with the one year deal for now. It brought him back closer to his family, and he wanted to see what they're going to do, and he was hoping that. They could at least return to being a decent team. Huh. But, yeah, I mean, he's going to go get a chance to play on the Clippers. And right now on paper, it almost seems like the Clippers are a better team than the Lakers, right? Houston just beat them last night. That's crazy. Clippers could have a ring by the end of the year, and so could he. So, yeah. I Did guess... you see that James Harden took the opening tip-off? <laughs> Small ball, man. Was it six sevens their biggest player now? Yeah. But everybody's. But Harden was the one to do it. Everybody, what? Everybody's got love. Russell Westbrook's been playing real good for Houston, but that's never going to win them a ring. I, good, good for you. You beat the Lakers last night. It's not going to happen over a seven-game series in the playoffs. But back to my Knicks, which is where this conversation started with Marcus Morris and that trade. Everybody's trying to analyze now the trade deadline and the teams that made moves and didn't make moves and who got better and who got worse. But interesting. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about the Knicks still because they made a good hire, I think. Let's well, st- they haven't hired him yet. Well, he's he is though. <laughs> Dolan's just spewing his nonsense. That's the guy they're hiring him, and there's so many different. It's it's multi-sourced at this point that it's going to be Leon Rose, who Carmelo and so many other really good and prominent players. Well, he was their agent, is basically how it works. But why did they fire Steve Mills? Two days before the trade deadline. Frank Isola, who works for SNY, said this. Now, I think what happened, this is just a theory, I think that last week when the fans chanted, sell the team at Madison Square Garden to James Dolan, they were chanting, sell the team. That bothered Jim Dolan that once again he became the center of attention in a negative way. If you go back when they hired Phil Jackson, the day that they hired him, the, the fans were going to hold a protest outside of Madison Square Garden. Out of nowhere came this announcement they were hiring Phil Jackson. Last night was the Knicks' first home game since the sell-the-team chance at the Garden, and Jim Dolan made this move. I think that he was probably thinking all along, I'm probably going to make a move, I'm going to wait till the end of the season. But I think he wanted to shift everything, shift the narrative after he was getting bombarded at this game, and I think that sped everything up, and I think that's one of the reasons it made it harder, uh, harder for them to get Masai. A distraction, you say? Oh no, maybe it's a oh, conspiracy theory. I don't know. No, that's that's it's it's totally his ego at work. You know, it's not about the team. It's about him being uncomfortable because somebody chanted some stuff at him. It's not about the team. It's about that teenage kid who he was going to have kicked out because he sell the team, get rid of that guy. The guy is a, a thin-skinned doofus. My lord, I'm going to create this whole other story, and everybody will forget that I am the puppet master behind this dumpster fire. I think it was funny that he had to specify in his statement that he was not selling the team because clearly he hears everybody wants him to sell the team. Now, Mike Miller's been the interim coach since they got rid of Fisdale, and then they get rid of Steve Mills. Scott Perry is given control of the team. Leon Rose is apparently going to take over as president, but there still is a decision to be made on who is the next full-time coach because Mike Miller still is 
interim. Leon Rose is one of these guys that's been around Madison Square Garden for the last 10 years because Carmelo was his client. He's got a very good relationship with James Dolan. Leon is one of these agents. He sees you. He's incredibly pleasant. He'll talk to you. Leon doesn't say anything, though. So the, the garden is going to love that part of him. I think a big thing for Leon Rose is surrounding himself with people that know the game as well, smart people, but also the big thing is going to be, if it's not going to be Mike Miller, who is Leon Rose going to hire as his coach? There you go, backing me up. I brought receipts. I agree with that. I don't know who it's going to be. You're an NBA guy. They're going to ruin it no matter what. But who are some, what I'm asking you, though. They've ruined Phil Jackson. They've had, you know, they had Isaiah Thomas. Of course, he helped ruin himself. But, I mean, come on. They just, they they ruin everything they touch. Well, why can't Patrick Ewing become the head coach? I think that's fantastic. Or Mark Jackson. They're floating Van Gundy's name out there again. He doesn't want it. But they. Well, which one? Mark Jackson. Well, I love the idea of Pat Ewing. I think he's done a great job at Georgetown. But what Van Gundy? Uh, Stan Van? No, Jeff. Jeff. Oh, you want Uh, Stan uh, Van Gundy. uh, No, Jeff, out of the booth. I want Stan Van Gundy. I do not want Stan Van Gundy. Why not? I I like Pat. Come on, really? What? No. No, just no. He brought the Orlando Magic to the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I don't, but it's not New York. I think that Jeff Van Gundy needs to come home to the Knicks. I'll take Patrick Ewing, but I really, and I've said this to you, I've yeah. said this to you numerous times. Mark Jackson, I think, is the guy who got Golden State to the edge of being a dynasty before he was let go for Steve Kerr. Agreed. Who did it? Who coached those guys up? Mark Jackson. The growing pains were with him as the coach, and then they moved on from him. But you've got to have a certain mentality and understand New York to succeed in New York. You know this is true in all sports. It's unlike anywhere else. They chew you up and spit you out. Mark Jackson might be a perfect guy for that job. Because you want Jeff, they're going to go Stan Van. Yeah, they are too. They're going to go somebody I've never heard of. Who else is on the radar for this? I mean, these are the popular names because they've, you know, it will draw attention because they're household names for basketball fans. But who do you, anybody? I mean, anybody come I to mind? I can't think of anybody. I mean, I don't know who. Tyron Lou. Well, I mean, I was thinking no. that, but I was laughing at even thinking of that. Freddie Kittens. You know, it's like, that's just it. There, there's uh, guys like Ty Lu who they might be able to get, but that's not enough of a splash for Knicks fans. They're going to want to know that they've got a basketball savior. That's kind of what they thought they had with Phil Jackson. And then probably the meddling, uh, and maybe Phil is a little past the game now. You know, uh, so I don't know who they could possibly get that would excite Knicks fans. Kobe Bryant Memorial's planned for February 24th. And as far as the all-star rosters, Team LeBron is better than Team Giannis. Don't at me. The SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Create new memories while ice skating the season with Krause Health Skates in the city. A beautiful open-air rink at Clinton Square or... The indoor rink at Sunnycrest open daily for daytime and nighttime fun as well. Only 3 bucks to skate and $3 for skate rentals. Daily special and details at skatesinthecity.com. Skates in the city. Some fun memories downtown. Where's I a- can't skate. Where, where's all the Knicks <laughs> on the on the NBA All-Star Game rosters? Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're the Knicks. No, was seriously, was Leon Rose a good hire? Ian Bregley covers the team. And... 
He seems to think it is overall. I really thought they were going to go hard after Mercedes Ujiri. Obviously, they felt that the price for Ujiri was prohibitive, and they had been canvassing the agent community to see, you know, that was kind of their plan B, to go for an agent. Uh, and you know what? If you're going to go that route and that's what you want to do, I don't think you could get a better person than Leon Rose. Uh, I say that because you know he has two decades of experience in this league representing top NBA players. And so... While he doesn't have experience as a team president and certainly a, a big learning curve there, I just think the way that you, you work, you see the league through a 360-degree prism and you have these relationships that you develop with people with teams when you represent the top players in the league, that's what he's bringing to the seat for the Knicks. Got some relationships with some of the premier talent in the NBA does that help with the fact that, as everybody discusses, because the Knicks are butt of jokes, is this a free agent destination? Well, no, it clearly isn't at this point. Can that change? I don't know. I mean, it's just the track record of the guys that have gone in and out of there, players and coaches even. You know, it, it's it's been a, a train wreck. You know, uh, Carmelo was actually thinking of going there with Kevin Durant and Kyrie at one point in time, and they were discussing it. But it's just so they go to the you know two of those guys go to Brooklyn instead because Kevin Durant yesterday there was a report came out said he was never going to the Knicks. You know who's not going to be the next coach of the Knicks though? Jim Beheim. <laughs> Everybody already knew that. Well, coach about, K. Coach K. Yeah. What, what about not. that? If they went to the college ranks, you know, and I was thinking about that, and then I thought of Patino right away. And Calipari's another name that's been getting thrown around. Quite a bit. Too. Now, wouldn't that be interesting? It would be interesting. I don't. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I, he's media savvy. He's a complete and total blowhard. He's in love with the sound of his voice. But so that fits New York perfect. That, that fits New York very well. <laughs> you but know? it's different than college, and he's been locked in in college for quite a while. But then again, a lot of one and dones. Uh, so he's used to the young talent, and that's really all the Knicks are going to have. He's going to have to build with young talent for now. Because clearly, as we've stated, free agents are not going there. So he's got to get them decent to then be able to attract some free agents. I think they have to at least be a decent team and prove they can win a few games. Or at least show that they're starting to develop a core, which they're not doing. So the way to fix the next Kevin, is... Kevin Knox should be playing all the time, for example, right now, and he's not. You're not wrong. Taj Gibson's playing minutes, and Taj Gibson's not the future. Anyways. How to fix the Knicks. Draft LeBron's son... And LeBron will come. Yeah, and you get 40-year-old LeBron James at that point. I think he's got three more years in high school, right? Yeah. But you know what? That's better than anyone else you'll get. That is still better than anything else on this roster. I have a hard time disagreeing with that. Oh, it's a sad, sad, just sad. It's embarrassing to admit you're a Knicks fan. I think there's a lot more Knicks fans than want to admit it. And everybody's like, I just don't want to talk about basketball until they get good again. Scoop, we got to get things over to Brent Axe on the block. Uh, last comment. Well, I just don't think they could draw. You know, you mentioned Bayheim jokingly, but they couldn't get a Tom Izzo. They probably can't get a Calipari because they've got it so good where they are. It's better where they are than where they could go. Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. X-Man next.